It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. And welcome to the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast, the podcast that offers you great escapes and adventures in the British countryside. In this episode, travel writer James Fair escapes as far away as Shetland, where he meets with naturalist Hugh Harrop of Shetland Wildlife to talk about the recent sightings of killer whales around the coast, as well as discussing what life is like on the islands in summer and the darkest winter. Um, okay, I'm sitting at Mackenzie's farm shop uh, on the on mainland of Shetland uh, with Hugh Harrop, who I call uh, Mr. Killer Whale. Um, but Hugh, what is it exactly you do here? I'm a uh, full-time wildlife guide, uh, business owner. Uh, I own the company Shetland Wildlife, which uh, has, has been in operation here in the island since 1993. Uh, where we pretty much um, try and pack in as, as much as possible with, uh, with folks coming to Shetland and taking them on, on guided and structured themed holidays, whether it's wildlife watching, uh, photography, uh, walking with wildlife, uh, even uh, brilliant winter events like Up Heliar. So right. it, it's very much a sort of you know, a year-round business. Uh, the guide informs most of that. Um, but but also, I, I know you mainly for the wildlife. That's how I know about you. We've yeah. spoken before. We've touched base numerous mm-hmm. times about mm-hmm. wildlife. What's so good about the wildlife it's it's unique in a, in a UK sense. Um, the we're at sixty degrees north. We are at the extra limitable range of a number of species, special birds like redneck phalaropes, um, Arctic skewers, um, lots of breeding waders, things like wimbrels, uh, which you know form bigger breeding densities up in places like Iceland. Um, it's a fantastic place, surrounded by you have a nose and many miles of, of coastline and pristine seas. 
Um, it, it's, a, it's a wildlife paradise. It's, it's, the, it? it's the kind of, for me, um, it's the, 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 the marine wildlife, the seabirds and marine mammals and so on, which kind of make it really stand out for me. And I think probably for, for, for many people who perhaps don't know as much about wildlife as you do. And, and obviously you've got um, many seabirds, puffins, gannets and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You've also got lots of seals. Um, and, and of course, that's, that's quite an interesting thing because the seals also attract another species, don't they? Killer whales. Apex predators, yeah. exactly. exactly. What we've got here is a fantastic marine ecosystem in existence on our doorstep. You know, you, you go 40 miles off to the continental shelf where... Your phytoplankton is being feasted on your zooplankton. Your zooplankton is being eaten by smaller fish, your bigger fish, your prey fish like your mackerels, your herrings, are then feasted on um, by your dolphins and your whales. And then we get into apex predator zone, i.e. orcas, which uh, uh, Shetland in the last sort of five, six years uh, has, has really found notoriety with regards to being one of the best, if not the best places in the UK to see them. Um, and it, it's an animal that we've seen and really sort of, for use of a better phrase, got our teeth into since, you know, 2004, 2005, when, you know, people started becoming more aware of, 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 of what was around them. And that's, you know, there's a lot of wildlife interest here. Um, and that's culminated really in the last couple of years where we've got a fantastic social media um, Facebook group page. Uh, yeah, I've seen Shetland it. Yep. Signings. That's now got 15,000 members. And we set that up, you know, as a mechanism for people to report their sightings, for people to contribute images so we could identify each individual animal and which pod we're being seen. And equally as important, and uh, what is also great about the whole thing, it just means that anybody can tap into it or contribute to it, and it means that there's a mechanism now where if there are orcas around, whether you're a local, whether you're a visitor, you can tap into that information and, and hopefully get and to how, see them. And how, I mean, it may sound like a stupid question, but how do you find orcas? I mean, they're going around the coast. I mean, there are, as you said, there are miles of coastline yeah. here. How, you, how do you find them? Just sit and watch Facebook. Or <laughs> but, <laughs> because somebody's you know, going to see them. Exactly. I mean, you mm. know, there's, there's probably not a village or, 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 a, or anything that is not connected now. We've, we've got the ferry guys that will contribute. We've got the postman, coast guard. There's lots of people out, you know, fishermen. There's lots I mean, of you, I think out. you mentioned to me earlier some fishermen told yeah. me the other day there were yeah. some off uh, exactly. Indians or something. Exactly, Borough, that's right, yeah. that's yeah. right. And, and, and that inaugural alert sort of, you know, set the wheels in motion with regards to getting the sighting information out there. Um, we uh, can track these animals with regards to working out, you know, their, their swimming speed. Typically, they're swimming at four or five miles an hour tops if, if they're not hunting. So what we'll tend to do once we get that sort of information, um, we even if we don't get a trajectory of which direction they're going, we can pretty much work out from previous sightings as to where they're gone. So, for instance, this pod um, that, that we saw, we now call the 65s. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a little while. We saw them um, on the Friday before that Monday encounter. Uh, we had fantastic views of them. We were able to identify pretty much all the animals in that pod. Then on Saturday, they were seen rounding the north side of Unst and then heading south uh, off Unst. So you can pretty much work out orcas are creatures of habit and they obviously didn't turn back. So knowing that they were seen off, off Borough, we assumed uh, rightly, fortunately, that they were coming south and we intercepted them, you know, about two, three hours later. So, um, yeah, it, it sounds crazy, but, uh, you know, we, we, we know the individual pods. We know which areas they like to hunt in. Uh, that's relevant to the sort of state of tide, whether they'll be hunting seals and, and as horrible as it sounds. But that's what these apex predators are. They're, they're hunting seals. Are they only hunting seals? 
Typically, the, the two North Isles community pods um, that, we, that we have here, or now the three community pods, I should say, because we've got, we found something out very interesting uh, a couple of weeks ago, but they're not... Uh, I've seen them certainly take harbour porpoise. Mm -hmm. um, there are historic records of them uh, attacking minke whales. That's mm -hmm. something I've never witnessed, and certainly that hasn't been witnessed. Um, but we, certainly with the two or three pods that are sort of semi-resonant in our waters, they are predominantly seals, seal eaters, but what we're also um, seeing now is three or four pods from Iceland coming into our waters and this whole social media thing has, has blown up into one big citizen science project where uh, we're now collaborating with researchers in Iceland and, and, and other parts of not just Scotland but also in Norway as well and we're, we're finding matches, we are identifying animals that have come from Iceland and similarly you know our animals are, are going up to Iceland and the animals that, uh, that spend the winter months in Iceland are feeding on fish. They go there to exploit fish and then they come to Shetland to exploit seals. Oh, okay, so, so that's interesting. So they go there yeah. to eat fish and they come here yeah. to eat seals. Because yeah. in some parts of the world, one set of orcas are only marine mammal eaters and yep. the other ones are only exactly. fish eaters. Exactly. But these will do yeah. both. They, they, they will right. do both. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, these are transient orcas. Yeah. Um, typical pod size is, is anything between sort of four... Uh, one of our North Isles community pods, uh, which we call the 64s, uh, numbered nine individuals up until last November. We number, we name the pods by um, the matriarch of that. So yeah. each individual orca in Shetland uh, and indeed in Scotland is given a unique ID number. Yeah, that numbering system uh, was created by um, one man who really got to grips with all these uh, orcas and things, a guy called Dr Andy Foote from Bangor University. And, yep. and Andy has been hugely instrumental in, in starting this off now. You know, one of the most talented researchers I know, an incredibly busy guy, but, you know, what he hasn't done for, 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 for sort of citizen size and getting people on board and encouraging people, you know, to, to, to be involved is, is, is just incredible. So we've got a pod, uh, two pods. Um, up until last November, we had the 64s and the 27s. So the 64 is the matriarch yeah. of the um, 64s pod, and the 27 is the matriarch of 27. It, the 27s. Yeah. Now, what happened a few weeks ago, we had a, a pod uh, of 10 to 11 orcas reported who were literally just sat a mile away from where we're standing. So the animals came south. We and we are here overlooking what? This is the North Sea looking east towards the island of Bresse. I and can say we can see Nost the there, can't we? The famous yeah. ski jump and the famous lovely, yes. amazing yeah. Gannet colony where yeah. you can even see the Gannet colony from here. It you looks can, like white paint, but you can see, but you can see it's white paint of, yeah. uh, of, of, of a different and that's, kind. And that's got to be what, 10 miles away? No, that's, no. Uh, that's about uh, three, three, three and a half, four and miles That's only three and a half miles away. So amazing face today compared to what it was this morning. Yeah, yeah. So we had the 27s tracking all the way down the, the east coast and uh, by the time we got to them um, and started photographing we realised, hang on a minute, this this is the 27s with another pod, another pod ah, of four right. orcas. What is interesting is that two to three weeks prior to that we got sent some photographs um, as a lass called Emma Neve Webb who is the ranger on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, this association and, 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 and the Facebook love, call it what you like, uh, is, is, is getting people involved from Orkney, from Caithness, from the Western Isles, from Iceland, like I mentioned. And um, Emma very, very kindly, you know, posted these photographs and it kind of stumped us with regards to what animals they were. And we assumed uh, wrongly now, but at the time that these would have been new animals in, in Scottish waters. Um, lo and behold, we got the drone up, we're looking through and think, OK, we get home. Right. There's 11 animals. So the 27th pod numbers seven mm -hmm. uh, individuals. And then we've got these four. 
We started then looking at, uh, at, 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 the, at the animals, uh, the, the saddle patches in particular, and the size and the shape of the And you can, you can identify the animals <coughs> we can, from we mainly can. the saddle patches? Mainly the saddle patches and also the size and shape of the fin. It's a sort yeah. of two-figure two process, yeah. and, uh, and, and certainly the scar lines, if the photographic images are good enough, we can see these unique scars. Yeah. Uh, what are those yeah, scars caused by? By other orcas and other yeah. orca interactions. So and is that, is that aggressive behaviour? or it's, it's never really been documented, and you right. just, just assume that it's probably a bit of play, yeah. maybe a bit of aggression within the pod, etc., etc. Yeah. So, uh, lo and behold, then we, we, we look at them and think, hang on a minute, this is the matriarch from the 64s joining with the 27s. Right, so two matriarchs joining together? Not two matriarchs joining together. What was interesting about this is the 64, and there was a lot of sexual activity going on. It's sort of, um, let's just say, some of the drone footage we got that day, we, we couldn't really put on social media, right, because we, we, within the 27s, there's, there's two huge bulls. Yeah, uh, one of them was very dominant that day. With uh, we're showing, you know, who, right. was, who was boss. Okay. So we were. Yeah. We, what was interesting there? We we with the two bulls within the twenty sevens. Um, it was difficult to, to ever really suggest which one, either of the animal 34 or 72, which was the dominant male. And there's no doubt after that experience, 34 was the dominant male. Okay. Now, yeah. obviously, to keep the gene pool um, uh, tidy, uh, let's say then there has to be some movement in between so, the pods. So this is, this is basically so this, this is sort of two, two villages coming together. Exactly. This right. is potentially 64 as a matriarch or um, you know, one of the other animals now potentially going to mate with the 27s. Yep. We've never seen the 64s join uh, or, or four animals of the 64s as, as they were known um, join the 27s but 27, the matriarch did actually join the 64s on right. her own one day in Lerwick in 2010. Right, memory. okay. So uh, this is all kind of new to us with yeah. regards to how often does this happen. And of yeah. course it can happen an awful lot more. If we don't have eyes on orca, there's a lot of, there's a big, big ocean out you, there. You can't watch them all the exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, we thought, and, and uh, the, the, the 64s was a pod of nine last November. That's the last time we saw them. And then it's a case of, right, well, Here's the 64s now on their own. Yeah. Where are the rest? Yeah. Where are the other five animals? Last week, uh, myself and uh, another alcoholic, we uh, were very, very fortunate to have a join uh, one of our trips, uh, Alaska Karen Monroe. Karen is Lady Orca. Right. In, uh, okay. In, in Caithness. Yeah. Um, what Karen doesn't know about orcas uh, also is, is is not worth knowing. She she she's an incredibly dedicated individual and uh, has an eye for uh, for who's who in there as well. So a great colleague and, uh, and and a brilliant ambassador to orca watching in in Shetland. Karen was was on our trip. And you couldn't have written the script better, really. You know, we're wondering all week, like, where is, you know, our famous bull hawker who is 032, but colloquially known and loved here, as Buster. Buster. Buster, not as in Buster Blood Vessel yeah. from, from, from the, the pop group uh, Bad Manners, Bad I Manners. think it was. Yes. <laughs> um, Buster named after one of the Vos up okay. in the North Mainland. Right. Um, so we were just, you know, just waiting, and we, we, we really, really wanted to know where uh, Buster was. Lo and behold, we get an orca shout, we were just about to head to Norse, another time we were about to head to Norse, said to the group, right, okay, there's orcas on the go. We caught up with them two and a half hours later. We had just the most amazing encounter. They were hunting just 15, 20 metres offshore. Yeah. And here's Buster. So it was like closure on that. And Buster with the other five animals from what were the 64s. So right. we know that we've got the 64s, if you like, back, yeah. albeit in two groups. What we've done now is rename the new group with 
an animal that's in there that will be the matriarch, and yeah. she's 65, called Razor. She's got a little nick on her fin. Right. That's why we call her Razor. So, ha, ha, so has, now, has, is it a bit like a sort of, I don't know, a queen bee sort of exiting a yeah. uh, bee colony, yeah. and be, or, or not a queen bee, but yeah. as someone becoming yeah, yeah. a queen bee? We've, we've, so she's... she's We've got this matriarchal society, and obviously, yes. you know, and in, in any unit that is hunting cooperatively, um, it's not a case of the more the merrier. Yes. These are apex predators, yes. and this is why so lions... So they need to be in small groups. Lions won't go around yeah. in packs of nine, you know, and, and this is where you've got this sort of small group structure, and nine mm. for a transient pod uh, of uh, these type of North Atlantic orcas is, is, is quite high. So it was one of those things that was always going to happen when we didn't know. So, so and, effectively, and they got too big... Some broke off yep. and created a new pod. Yep. Yep. So that's yep. really exciting. It's really exciting, and it's something that, you know, are we clutching at straws here? We jump in the gun. What happens if they rejoin? Mm. Uh, we don't know. And this is where, you know, the Facebook group and, 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 and the knowledge base of Orcas now in Shetland um, can identify that, not just over the next few months, but over the next few years. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's really exciting as to what might happen. You know, yeah. when will the 64s, the new pod of four, Will they get a calf? Yeah. When we first started seeing these animals, I think it was 2004, 2005 actually, that we first photographed the 64s, and they were pod of four then. Right, right. So we've seen generations grow up. Yeah. We've seen animals grow up from calves, you know, into sort of and so and, and generally speaking, they're they're breeding okay because there are other orcas off. I think the west, the west coast, coast where they're not doing so exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. This is this is one of my personal pet hates is when you pick up a magazine or you read a story in the national press in the UK or listen to it on the news is that orcas, you know, are, are not they're, they're not producing calves. Mm. You know, well, they, that's just one group. That's one group. Yeah, and that's a different you know ecotype. Yes. If you yeah, like. yeah, yeah. No, it's a completely different ecotype. But yeah. without any any respect to what is going on here and, and these are we, we call them North Isles community pods so we've yeah. got the West Isle community this yes. is the North Isles community yeah. they've been two pods certainly for the last you know 10-15 years yeah. um, and now potentially three pods yeah. time will tell whether yeah. we, we've got the 27, 64, 65s that's yeah. where we're at at the moment with them yes. um, and indeed then we're also getting down um, animals from Iceland and we're getting one pod of four which can sometimes be a pod of four could be a pod of three can have two animals on their own also intermixing. Last year I photographed um, two animals in with the 27th pod, um, just north of, of Norse here where we are. So these animals and are coming down from Iceland yep. and joining the yep. other pods? Yeah, but they're not. The, 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 those individual pods are splitting and also then entering other pods. So it's really interesting wow. what's going on. And, yeah. you know, the wow factor is there, but it's a case of, well, you know, why are they doing that? Is this, yeah. is this reproductive? Is this keeping the gene pool yep. sort of, you yep. know, sweet, etc., etc.? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, are these big, one big sort of, you know, subpopulation yeah. where there are direct links? Because yeah. there's no disputing that the 27s and the 64s and 65s will eat fish if they yeah. eat. To. Right. So, you know, it's very much it's baseline data uh, where, you know, citizen science is playing a huge yeah. part in this. If, if we yeah. were to get an orca shout now, and even if we couldn't go and, and get to see the animals, digital photography, everyone's got an iPhone, everyone's got a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as somebody can take, you know, a, a good picture and they yeah. don't have to be absolutely, you know, professional. As, as long as you can identify exactly, the, the, the exactly, markings exactly, or the, the exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes even a, just a, a distant view and looking at the fin, we, yes. we can sort of say, look, that that's such and such. And then right. we can assume that all the other animals are, are in there. So um, it, it's something that people, you know, by contributing to that uh, are adding a huge amount you know to, to to the knowledge of our orcas not just in in shetland but also scotland because our animals are uh, there's there's links between our animals here in shetland i say our animals you know, so we've got ownership <laughs> on them but you know 60 27 64 65s are in orkney we're, yes. we're, you know our 27s 
go to Orkney, they'll go to Caithness. I mean, I imagine and, for them going to Orkney is just like a kind of oh, exactly, little day trip, exactly, not quite exactly, a day trip, but it's exactly. a week, a weekend and, or and something. Many, many, you know, many listeners will know of the events. I think it was last March where a pod of walkers was seen off Port Glasgow, that far south. We got pictures sent. Of where, sorry? Of Port Glasgow on the west coast of Scotland. Okay, and wow. And that was yep. the 64s. That was right. the pod. So they went all the way down to the all mainland. The way, all the way down to the mainland. Uh, lots of great photographs, lots of great video, and lo and behold, it was the 64s. Buster was really obvious in that, and that, uh, the video uh, and the photographs from that one encounter, of which saturated Facebook, mm. showed nine animals, and that's the first time we knew that that pod actually had a calf. Right, right. So, yeah, you know, yeah. even, even things like that, you know, where we're all the way up here, people contributing because of the... Uh, the wonders of social media and sharing information. Yeah, that yeah. information came uh, came back. So Let, let's move on a little bit because yeah. I didn't just want to talk about killer whales, and it's absolutely brilliant. But um, tell us a little bit about how how did you end up here, um, and and because you've obviously made your life here. How did that happen? Um, I first visited, visited Chapman in 1986 with my late friend uh, just after our exams, and uh, spent pretty much six weeks um, just hitchhiking and camping all over Shetland. And right. I'm from a small village in South Wales, and I just oh, okay. fell in love with the place. You know, but, and you were birding. I was birding. I, I've yep. been, in, been into birding and wildlife since uh, since I was you know, seven. My first yeah. diary goes goes back. Wow. Okay. Um, and for me, it was home from home with regards to the community spirit. You know, as a, as a youngster, you put your thumb out the first car stopped. It never failed. It was it was just incredible. The yeah. kindness shown by people here um, reminded me so much at home. But it was on another level, James. Mm. It, it really, really was. And I just. You know, there's a saying. You know, you either you, it's a love or hate sort of thing, Shetland. But you know, fortunately, most. So you kind of here. fell in love with it that first time. <clears throat> I loved it, just mm. just totally. And and it was always one of those places. And I travelled a lot then in in my late teens. And um, I then um, got offered a place um, to visit Fair Isle Bird Observatory. A friend of mine's yeah. mum had sadly. Fair Isle is not technically part of the Shetland, it is, is it? it oh, is, it is. It is it oh, is, I it thought is, it wasn't. No, okay. it is. It, it's but it's, what, 20, 20 miles south? Miles, 25 miles yeah. southwest of Summerhead. It's the most southerly um, part of, of oh, okay. the Shetland archipelago, yeah. but it is it is part of Shetland. It, it's owned by the National Trust of Scotland, so yeah. a different sort of, um, you know... And there's a bird observatory there. there. There was, until sadly the events of February, where, oh, of course, where, yeah. where, where the observatory... I forgot you know, all about that, down. yeah. Burned yeah, down. But they are going to rebuild it. Everything's in place to rebuild it, and, you know, that... Okay, that but will come. Yeah. That will come. But so you, you worked there? I, I got offered, uh, well, I, I visited there in 1990 yeah. in, um, in September and October just on a birding trip. And um, there was a position that was available then for the following year, which naturally I jumped at. Um, you know, there's not many sort of 21-year-olds that want to spend a year on an island no, uh, no. with lots of other distractions yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in place. But for me, it was it was just yeah, yeah. go for it. You know, and um, it was it was just a phenomenal place. I learned so much. I had a, a, an amazing uh, mentor in, in, in with, with with a guy called Paul Harvey. Paul is still a close friend. Paul lives in Shetland. He manages the Shetland Biological Record Centre. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, nobody <clears throat> nobody could ask for, for a better mentor than yeah. uh, than, than Paul. Um, so worked there and then the following year then um, got offered a job with the RSPB and then uh, beyond that uh, working with seabirds then with a, with a guy called Martin Hoybeck and what that man doesn't know about seabird and seabird research is, is he's, he's just the daddy. So, so, you, be, so you, you became a conservationist? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then um, just with you know living here and, and sort of rare birds and things sort of thing where you know your name kind of gets around and, mm. and started taking a few photographs and really, you know, relinquishing the love of photography. 
Um, writing features, you know, it was all a case about substituting, you know, your income. You know, you're not going to be a rich man just just, no. just working in, in conservation. And, no. you know, to, to be brutally honest, but there was all the different angles of things that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the photography, enjoyed writing articles, um, you know, working for doing sort of little pieces for the tourist office or you know, BBC, Radio Shetland, a lot of press work, etc. Um, and then in the mid nineties, then I got approached um, to. Uh, guide a trip yep. in Shetland and my sort of guiding career started which to be honest the first trip I ever guided I was a, a total bag of nerves it was <laughs> how on earth am I going to take eight strangers around for right. a week but um, if, you, if you know what if you if you interesting uh, this is a uh, do you want to answer it no that's fine okay. that's, that's actually just one of our alert groups to say that there's a minky whale in Yelsan at the moment so uh, oh, okay. if, if that was if that was orcas we wouldn't it would be, would be in the car exactly 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 so there you go that's real-time information to say in, somebody's where, and seen where is that toft is uh, is is where you catch the ferry to, yes. go to the island Real. right so yep. somebody's obviously just come in on the ferry yeah it's between the two basically it's one of the ferry guys there that has kindly right. contributed that information so if Fantastic. we were nearby we could go yep. and see and this yep. is how you know the network really works and uh, people, that's that's people really so nice to, to kind that. of get that absolutely yeah, 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 absolutely yeah. absolutely um so you know the guiding career started then and then the company i was working with they were actually an american company based out of boulder in colorado and um uh, clearly i got uh, some really nice reviews from the clients uh, who who suffered me for my first week you know and um yeah but, but and when they, you know your stuff and you can, and it's not just about saying, well, that's a curly or whatever it happens to be. It's also spotting it, isn't it? Because people it's, don't see them. It, it's spotting it. It's hearing it. It's you know, living, it. breathing. You know, yeah. and, uh, the whole thing. I mean, you know, it, it, people always often ask, you know, when do you not go birdwatching? When do you go? It's, it's it, you know, we're sat here now. Yeah, the skylarks well, yes. above and we've been us. hearing curlews as well. Exactly, I'm hoping that will exactly. come out. That, that the... that stuff, you know, as, yeah. as, as a naturalist, kind of, I wouldn't say you know, blends into the background, but if we heard something you know, rarer going over yeah. the bank, that triggers you yeah. know, the, the, the senses say, oh, listen, there's a wimbrel flying over yeah. or, or something like that. So, yeah. um, you know, frankly, I've really known nothing else, you know, throughout all my <laughs> life. Um, and then, you know, uh, like I said, uh, the guiding and then the company um, offered me the opportunity to go and then work in Canada as a guide. You know, oh, they're okay. like, great, you did a great yeah. job for us in Shetland. Um, by way of saying thanks, you know, you're obviously a half decent naturalist. Would you come and like to guide trips to polar bears? It's like, whoa, polar bears. <laughs> bit out of my depth. But um, yeah, sometimes the best opportunities of life are when was you're thrown Churchill? into the deep end. It was Churchill, mm. yeah. Um, and then, you know, I worked there for several seasons and made some incredible friends and uh, got to know and indeed work in a, a customer service loud environment with regards to guiding and that added another edge to the guiding, mm. to the quality, to the yeah. visitor experience. It's not just about going like, hey, there's a such and such, hey, mm. there's a such and such, look in the telescope. It was the, it was incredible training and the company who, you know, again, I was fortunate to, to, to be employed by, um, I, I, I learned so much that it's not, you know, giving somebody a quality experience on what, a holiday what more project. do you think people want you, it's just a logistical you know knowledge logistical, it's a case, it's a case right. of right okay we're going to miss a ferry book a ferry okay yeah. so you know you're on the next one right make sure that you you've got flasks of hot water make sure right. your first aid kit is up to date if somebody yeah. is struggling maybe you know getting on to birds identify that person and work with that person mm, right um and and just little things customer care and, and things and that's something that we integrated into the business now, Shetland Wildlife, and um, yeah, I'd like to think that we we, we, we continue with that mantra, and um, you know, logistically, I think we're uh, we're in a good place as but well as the being, knowledge. Being on Shetland, um, I mean, it's lovely now. Um, it was a bit wet and misty this morning, 
But you know, it's we're a, in the middle. Of, we're in the middle of summer. Yep. What's it like here in the winter? Warmer. <laughs> Sometimes the weather's better. Right. Okay. Um, so it's not. It's not. Winters. Winters. Winters a great time. Um, a lot of people think that we live in perpetual darkness from November <laughs> to to April. We don't. Uh, we often have a joke. People say, "Hugh, what do you do in the winter?" And say, "Sleep." You know, we we certainly don't. Winter. It's, it's harsh, it's tough, mm. the wind is very strong. Mm. Uh, when it rains, it really rains. Yep. Sadly, we don't get too much snow, but mm. you know, it is a beautiful place. It's got beauty of its own. As much as the long summer days are lovely and the long nights, etc. Sometimes, you know, for me personally, I love the winter days. You know, you really max out on, on six or seven hours of daylight. Mm. You fit in as much as you possibly yep. can into getting the much out of those days. Really good days are few and far between, weather wise. So you bust the gut to really get out. Okay, and in the winter, we, you've got no seabirds. We've got no seabirds, but we've got, you know, look at our resident wildlife. We've okay. got, you know, otters are really active yeah. in winter. We've yeah. got common and grey seals. We yeah. do get occasional sightings of orcas. We've yeah. got all the birds that have left us that have gone south and replaced by wonderful birds like long-tailed ducks down from the Arctic. Yeah. Dare I say it, we do a lot of gull watching. Yeah. Um, but, you know, interesting gulls coming down from Iceland and, uh, and the Arctic. Um, Do you get any other wildfowl that are coming down? We, we get lots of birds, particularly from pa- Iceland. Through. We get masses of hooper swans. Right. We get flocks of snow buntings. Yes. You know, it, it's 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 certainly a case of quality and, and not. And do you run trips quantity. in the winter as well? We you do. Have, we yeah. do. We do. And um, you know, we get a lot of interest of people yeah. coming up. And I think uh, you know, it, it's on people's radar now to go to remote places. You know, whether yes. you're looking at storms. You know, one of one of the coastal locations, Ashness. You can stand there. Well, some days you can't stand there, but. You go there on a good winter day and you've got, you know, 15, 20 foot seas coming in and you've got the wild Atlantic that is, uh, you know, what's not to like about that? Yeah. You know? and, and if yeah. you get bored, you know, with things like that, you're bored with life. Right. You know, you, yeah. you, 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 you really got to embrace it. We all have one life and you just got to, there's a great black back girl getting the tap boy oyster catchers. Oyster here. catchers, yeah. yeah. Seen lots and lots of oyster catchers. Yeah. They seem to do very well They here. do, they do. I mean, even sort of land that's been improved, they'll find special yeah. niche, you know, the gravelly hardcore areas yeah. here, car parks, they'll, they'll nest. It's a very, very common bird. And the lovely Shetland name, the Shalda, you know. Is that uh, its Shal- that's Shetland a great name, Shalda? You know, Shetland lovely. folk, you know, um, and without wishing to sound patronising on behalf of a place that I live, but one thing I love about Shetland is the affinity that Shetland people have with wildlife you know all the local names yeah you know uh, we've just met zoe there who's uh, you know a, a family friend i've known zoe since the, but you know as a, as a four or five year old she would have been referring towards the catchers as shoulders my daughter now who's 13 can pretty much you know we can drive up she's, she's not a birder she's not a naturalist probably never will be but mm. you know what we've um, what we've nurtured in her is um, a, a sense of knowing the wildlife around you. Yeah. She will know what a wop is, a curlew. She'll hear a snipe drumming. A curlew is a wop. A wop. She'll hear a snipe drumming. She'll know that it's a snipe. Um, you know, she'll she'll refer to the bird, as, uh, the, the Arctic terns, as the TEDx. And, uh, you know, when you live in a rural environment like this, you know, the, the kids and everybody, uh, the wildlife's around you. It's, it's, yeah. part of, it's part of your scenery. It's part of your drive to work. Yeah. It's part of sitting outside on a summer evening. You know, the only noise that you can hear are your snipe strumming, your, your turns flying over, your oyster catches, your skylark singing. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's part of life here. And, and, and that, again, is, is such a special thing where people have just that, such, such great affinity and with wildlife. I mean, you have a 13-year-old daughter. Does, does she ever... Does she ever f- Think, God, I want to get out of this place and move to, I think, I think, you know, no. the big city, the mainland. No, no, I don't no. know. I mean, no, I mean, we, we. What is interesting when, when she was eight or nine, you know, we did discuss that there was a business opportunity for for me and my wife that came up in in Canada. Given our links working, and my yep. wife is Canadian as well, oh, okay. uh, so from from Vancouver, we we met, you know, in Churchill. Right. Um, so. 
you know, it was one of those things. Uh, do we do it? And, um, you know, we're a family where we like to discuss things. And it was very clear that, uh, you know, she she didn't want to leave Shetland. And, uh, you know, this is her home. She's, yeah. she's, she's born here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's the grass is always greener. And then sometimes you look and you think, you know, yeah, Canada would be great. It's, it's, yeah, the grass is pretty green here, isn't it? It is. It is, it is. <laughs> but sometimes I think it's a case of... Just appreciating what you've got, yeah. Uh, and we've got an awful lot here, you know, to to, to be grateful for. And um, there's nowhere else I would really want to live in, uh, in in the UK. And I would find it exceptionally hard to leave Shetland, um, not just for the wildlife, but you know, for the people. The people are, are just fantastic, ultra friendly. Um, you know, we have no crime. You can leave your door. D- despite that program about, yeah, I think Jimmy it's called Perez. Shetland, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, how, how, how many murders? And, uh, well, it's probably and there's like one, that, you know? one an episode. But, but, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you know, the irony of that, where where a crime drama series and gore and murders and things like that, so many people have come to Shetland. That's been a massive, massive, you know, um, boost for, for for tourism in Shetland. Yeah. I mean, any yeah. publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Uh, for Shetland, but you know, so many people. We had a couple from Canada, from outside Toronto, join us last week on a trip. And we always have a round robin, you know, how did you find us? Oh, yeah, we saw you on Twitter or Facebook, mm. etc. We watched the Shetland series. And, mm. you know, mm. we've had so many visitors in the last couple of years coming to Shetland, either because of Anne's books where they've read them, then they've watched the series. But, you know, organisations and, and, and media streamers like Netflix and things... Shetland is, is doing really, really good. But, but of course, now. people know, don't they? People know that there aren't really all these murders going on. They just look at the scenery and go, wow, that yeah, looks nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a USP. You know, yeah, and if you, if you yeah. like somewhere, it's, it's like anything. It's like you and I watching something, you know, if you're not familiar with a place, yes. you know, there's the wow factor there. Yeah. Um, personally, I find it very hard to watch TV, you know, and uh, just, just not having the time. And um, I'll hand on art say that I've never really watched, you know, much of that series for my sins. But if I get a bit more time, then maybe I'll look at it. But from what I hear, it's very good. And if, and if, if it's, it's good in the sense that if it's bringing people here for the natural beauty that it portrays, then it's, it's 10 out of 10, yeah. definitely. Hugh. I think that's plenty. Thank you very much indeed. That's been really interesting. No problem. No problem. And that's where we'll leave James and Hugh. Isn't alcoholic a great word for those who can't get enough of killer whales? Definitely something I'll be dropping into conversation at the next party I go to. And if you've been inspired by James and Hugh and would like to know a bit more about Shetland's wildlife and how to visit, check out our website, countryfile.com, and search for Shetland. We've got lots of great insight into where to stay and what to see. And you can also visit Hugh's website, shetlandwildlife.co.uk, and he organises trips to see wildlife around the islands. So you've been listening to the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast, produced in Bristol by Ben Hewitt and Jack Bateman. Thanks so much for tuning in, and goodbye for now. <laughs>